This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast Ask Casey segment. Hi, so this is the first ever Ask Casey. Woohoo! Ask Casey. And I'm so excited because what I am passionate about is inspiring and supporting and loving on parents who are on the journey like myself. So this whole Ask Casey thing, I was thinking a couple times a month, um, I could just kind of open up the podcast to parents who have burning questions. And I also wanna um, share a disclaimer, okay? I would never have the audacity to tell you that um, if you ask a question, I'm going to be able to solve all your problems. Obviously, I'm not spending time with your family or in your home, and there's a lot of things that go into dynamics that will not be able to be shared in a simple Ask Casey question or episode. So that being said, I do have extensive background knowledge in positive discipline and parent education. I'm on the journey with you, and this is what I think about, write about, breathe, live all the time. So I'm going to put my resources to use for you. How about that? I want to talk a little bit about the angle that I am always going to come from as I respond to my listeners. And uh, the best way, well, there's a couple pieces, right? In positive discipline, we talk about belonging and significance. And that human behavior is movement in the direction of belonging and significance. We are all looking for connection and to know that we matter. And uh, this is a very different idea than kind of the behaviorist theory that most of us were raised with. So when I offer support and ideas, I'm not going to lean into, you know, having the right consequence or having the right reward to um, encourage your kids to do the right thing. I'm really going to come from a place of what is happening below the surface for your kids and we are going to work there and assume or know that if we work below the surface, what's going to show up 
and our kids' behavior is going to look a lot more cooperative. And a great way to think about this is an iceberg. So imagine an iceberg out in the ocean, right? And what we can see, the tip of the iceberg is the behavior that is challenging to you in the moment. So it's the sibling rivalry. It's the um, angry tantrums. It's the lying, the stealing. It's the back talk. Um, it's the <laughs> rejection of the food that you're serving. You know, it's all of those things that show up that are challenging for us as parents. And then under the surface, keeping with that iceberg, so under the surface are all sorts of things that are motivating that behavior. So um, we call them in positive discipline the beliefs behind the behavior. And so things we're going to talk about there are children's perceived connection in the family, children's perceived sense of power or control over their life, how um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired a child might be, um, how much special time, one-on-one time a child is having with their family. So all of those things are under the surface, right? They're the, the big part of the iceberg that's actually under the water. And something that I just learned, which I think is really fascinating, um, especially considering this metaphor, is when you chip away at the top of an iceberg, do you know what happens to it? It simply continues to float up. So if we could chip away at, the, at what we saw of an iceberg at the top, it, it just... The bottom of the iceberg floats up. So Bonnie Harris, awesome podcast guest and um, founder of Connected Parenting, she says that misbehavior is like weeds in the garden. And if we keep, if we don't get the root, it will keep growing up, right? And so when we chip away, back to the iceberg idea, when we chip away at the bottom of the iceberg, guess what happens to the iceberg? It sinks. So when we work on our kids' beliefs behind their behavior their perceptions, interpretations, beliefs, when we work on our relationship there and sharing power, what happens is the behavior tends to take care of itself. So I just wanted to reiterate all of that before going into today's Ask Casey questions, okay? That's the lens that I'm looking through and I'm super excited to share my thoughts and ideas about the challenges that the parents who've written in for today's episode are bringing. And I have a sneaky suspicion that they will resonate with you as well. So let's get to those. Both of today's questions come from members of the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. And if you are not a part of that group yet, please head on over, search for Live in Love with Joyful Courage on Facebook and join us. We're having great conversations and lots of sharing and celebration. So join us. Um, So the first question from April, she writes, I have a dear Casey for you. My seven-year-old is the youngest of three girls. She gets plenty of attention, but seems to consistently be begging for more. What is a healthy amount of attention and how do I limit it? She constantly interrupts her dad and I whenever we are talking to her other sisters. It's as if she can't handle them getting any attention. I don't know how to phrase a question. She is the youngest child who has gotten spoiled with attention because she was the only one home with me while the other girls were at school. Now she expects all the attention all the time and it isn't fun for anyone. 
April, thank you so much for writing in with this question. And I think the attention conundrum is common in a lot of homes and actually shows up in the second Dear Casey that we'll be discussing uh, later in the episode. I want to start with celebrating you, April, and your willingness to put yourself out there and get some support with this question. Let's start with your youngest, right? Let's start with what her experience has been. And what you've shared is she was the only one home when you had her, and she's used to having you um, available to her at all times, right? So that's been the environment that she is used to, that she has been trained to expect. Here's what I love about attention and when people and parents bring up um, their kids wanting attention. A friend of mine shared with me this great statement that I share with parents all the time, which is, children long for connection, they will settle for attention. Children long for connection, they will settle for attention. When we start to get into their world and trying to see through their lens, we are privy to all sorts of information. So let's really kind of dig in to your youngest experience. So she's the youngest of three girls. Children are great perceivers and really poor interpreters. So here she is all day long having connection and availability of mom. And later in the day, big sisters come home from school. Dad comes home from wherever he's been, work probably. Um, and 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 there's a shift in dynamics, right? As well there should be. I mean, you have two other children and a husband to connect with as well. This younger child, which you didn't mention how old she is, but your youngest child then is in this place of, wait a minute, what about me? So I would make a guess that the belief that she may be carrying behind her behavior is I count or belong in this family when I'm the center of attention or when people are noticing me. Okay, that is a really common belief that becomes developed over time when, like you said, a child is spoiled with attention or it, or really is privy to attention, you know, 24-7. So from that place, there are some other pieces to think about. Let's think about the parent experience. So when she gets into that, look at me, pay attention to me, you mention interrupting, um, you mention begging for more attention, kind of putting on shows, I'm guessing. So what is your experience in those moments? What is your impulse? What is your reaction? What are you noticing? What are you responding to in those moments with her? And remembering the iceberg, right? So how are you responding to behavior? And then from that place, what are you feeling or thinking about your child in those moments? And I'm guessing from your shares that, man, you know, you're probably guessing or, you know, thinking or feeling, wow, she's she's really annoying. This is so annoying. This is disruptive. Why does she think she has to be the center of attention? And typically, lots of us go to this place of, I've created a monster. Why have, you know, what have I done? Oh, no, despair, right? <laughs> um, I'm here to say that don't despair. There are wonderful things that you can do to help her. 
the first piece that I would do uh, would be to sit down with your daughter and just be really curious and let her know what you notice from a very neutral place. So it could sound like, daughter, I noticed that it's really difficult for you to sit, you know, to witness me having conversations with your sisters or with your dad. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So you're opening up the conversation for her to share what her experience is with you because we can make all sorts of guesses and assumptions about our kids' experience, but until we directly ask them and hold space safe space for them to share what their experience is, we are simply making guesses. So opening the space for her to speak into what her experience is, and you might just be surprised around what she shares. And if you find that she's reluctant in sharing or only gives a little bit, a great follow-up question, which I'm sure you've heard me uh, speak into before, is can you tell me a little bit more about that? So you really want to first invite in her experience, right, and validate her experience. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener 
go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. From that place, you can then share, yeah, it's really hard for me too. I love you so much. You're so important to me. And so are your sisters. And so is your dad. And there's going to be times where I'm going to be having conversations and connecting with them as well. From that place, you ask her, what would be helpful for you? What would be helpful for you the next time I want to be talking to your sisters and you feel like you want me to be paying attention to you? And there's, you know, there's lots of tools and tips and and ideas that you can play with here. The most important thing is first to ask her what her ideas are. You want to get um, cooperation and contribution from her which will increase the likelihood that she'll follow through in the moment, right? Because basically what's happening, what's happening, April, is that your daughter is, has all these thoughts and ideas about belonging and significance. So I belong, I fit in this family when everybody's paying attention to me. If that's her perception, then it makes sense that when she sees the family interacting without her, she's interpreting it as, oh, no. I don't fit. And so I'm going to navigate this situation in a way that gets me back to that place of knowing that I matter, which is everybody's paying attention to me, good, bad, otherwise, right? So we want to help her with tools for when she feels like that, what she could do different. So she's going to notice, hey, the family is is congregating, the family is having conversations without me. She's going to notice that impulse to want to jump in and do her thing. What you want to do is you want to support her in showing up differently in those moments. The very first tool that I would say for sure to begin to implement ASAP would be one-on-one time with your daughter. So making sure that, you know, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, it's you and your youngest and you're playing a game or you're taking a walk or you're reading a book or you're doing something child-directed together, just the two of you. And really name it. You know, this is our special time, and I'm really excited for our special time. And we're going to do special time every day. And look for opportunities then throughout the day to say, wow, you know what, I can tell you really want me to hang out with you right now, and I'm so excited about special time later on. Why don't you go pick out the game that we're going to play? So special time is a relationship builder. It is also a tool that you can use in the moment to say, hey, I see you, I love you, and you know, later on, we're gonna have some one-on-one time. Another tool for in the moment would be to do the unexpected. So here you are standing in conversation with your husband and talking to your other daughters as well, and in bounces your youngest. Look at me, look at me, look at me. So try without necessarily addressing her behavior or even having a conversation with her, 
try putting your arm around her and holding her close. And as you talk to your husband and your daughters, maybe give her arm some squeezes. Just using the body to communicate, I see you and I know that you're here. And when you find time throughout the day when things are going well, take some time for training. So that first conversation that I mentioned when you're curious and you invite her into discussing what could be helpful, perhaps another time you can say, hey, let's practice. Remember those great ideas that you had when we were talking about what it's like when mommy's talking to daddy or we're talking to your big sisters and you're not really part of the conversation. Let's get your stuffed animals out and let's pretend that that's happening with your stuffed animals and see if we can't figure out some ideas about how to handle it. Or, you know, let's just practice that. Let's practice some of the great ideas that you had. Taking time for training and role playing is a really powerful tool, really powerful. And finally, just make sure that throughout the day, each day, you're looking for opportunities to connect with her. And they don't have to be big, elaborate shows of love and affection. They can be really simple. It can be using encouragement and encouraging statements like I spoke about with Dina Emser on the episode 38 of the podcast, right? Simply noticing our children, letting them know that we see them, we care about them, naming the qualities that we see them having and developing is really powerful and also leads to a much deeper connection between ourselves and our kids. My guess is that your youngest daughter just isn't quite sure about how she fits in the family. And the way that that's manifesting is through disruptive, um, annoying, irritating behavior. So the good news is by reestablishing connection and relationship with her and with your other daughters as well, then it's the behavior, again, the tip of the iceberg, is going to start to take care of itself. But she's going to need some practice because right now her instinct to interrupt and to be the center of attention, it's pretty strong, right? She's developed it over time and it's truly what she believes about herself. I belong or count in this family when I'm the center of attention. So what you are going to be doing over time is rewiring her brain so that she comes to a place of believing I counter belong in this family, period, right? And so all of the tips and the tools that I've suggested are going to help you get there. The most important part, however, is to enroll your daughter into the work. And by having conversations and really valuing her contribution to the conversation and really working to see the experience out of her eyes, You are already in movement in that moment towards helping her to develop a more, a healthier, more positive belief around how she fits and whether or not she is significant. All right, April, let us know what happens. I'm so excited for you. Uh, My second Ask Casey for this episode comes from Sarah. She's also a member of the Live in Love with Joyful Courage group. She writes, Okay, here is a hot topic at our house. How can I help my kids get along? Or how can I help my son deal with jealousy? I have an almost eight-year-old son who is much more introverted and independent and a five-year-old daughter who is a bubbly, outgoing people person. She gets lots more attention from people in general just because she's outgoing and comfortable talking to people. But my son is also in school all day and she is not yet. So we are having some struggles with jealousy. 
being purposefully mean to his sister and defiance. It will still be one more year before she is in school all day like he is. I give him one-on-one time, but there just aren't enough hours in the day to give him the same amount of time. Sarah, the first thing I want to do is say thank you and well done for writing in with your problem. I'm celebrating you as a mom who cares about her children. Uh, Again, similar to April's request, we're talking about connection here, right? We're really talking about connection and relationship. And again, when we think about the iceberg and you think about that bottom part of the iceberg, that's where relationship lives. So what's happening at the surface is that behavior around jealousy uh, could be sibling conflict, could be defiance. So I'm guessing about what defiance might look like. So unwilling to cooperate, right? Won't help pick up, won't share, you know, is cruel, maybe some eye rolling. So that's all the tip of the iceberg stuff. So underneath, that's where we're going to play here. Underneath the iceberg, under the surface, are um, are that is that belonging and significance piece is that relationship piece missing skills right because I mean when you think about it our kids whether they're eight or three or 13 they're in development as far as skills for navigating tricky situations and and tricky emotions as well I mean when you consider how difficult it can be for adults to work through relationships where there are feelings of distrust or dismissal or jealousy, it's tricky, right? And we don't always show up as our best. So at eight, there's even less skills that are developed for us to use. So just keeping that in mind as we move forward. And I see that uh, you talk about that you give him one-on-one time. So I'm going to, I'm going to, play here in this one-on-one time so I think that it's really easy to spend time with our kids and not have it make a big effect I think that when we think about one-on-one time and special time we need to be really intentional about that space that we hold with our child and we need to be really conscious around letting them know this is an important this is important to me. I really enjoy my time with just you. I love getting to know you. You are special to me because you are confident and you are creative and you come up with really interesting ideas that I never would have thought about, right? So we want to get really specific as we um, are in relationship with our children about what makes them special to us. What is distinctive about them, right? So special time becomes an opportunity to share that with them as well as an opportunity to be really open to what they want to do, what they want to talk about. So yes, I'm so glad that you're already doing one-on-one time with him and please do not ever feel like you need to be spending the same amount of time with both your children because it's just impossible and it'll ebb and flow and shift and that's not the point right so so just take yourself off the hook for that the second piece is uh and I think that you've done that but really like I said about April's daughter really seeing the world out of your son's eyes now remembering 
kids are really great perceivers. They are really poor interpreters. And what that means is our kids will see a situation, they'll see an interaction, right? They'll see it happen like a movie. But then when it comes to the meaning making, like what this means, they get really mixed up. So rather than noticing you and your daughter playing a board game together and laughing and having fun and thinking, wow, my mom and sister have a really great relationship, there's a good chance that your son is watching that, seeing that, and instead the meaning becomes, I, my mom doesn't care about me. Or to be important, like you mentioned, that your daughter gets a lot of attention because she's so outgoing and comfortable. And so rather than your son seeing his sister and saying like, wow, she's really outgoing and that's why people respond to her, he's seeing the situation and making meaning such as she's more important than me or she's better than me or, you know, she to be to, to be liked, I have to be like my sister. And he's just not. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so what the belief behind the behavior becomes in this situation, and again, I'm not there. I'm making some guesses. You can let me know if I'm on or not. But what happens then is there's a sense of disconnection. And when we feel disconnected, it hurts. And do you know what we do when we hurt is we hurt others. So it starts to make perfect sense that your son is treating your daughter poorly because you know everything she is and everything he's perceiving is bringing him back to a place of to belong in this family you have to be bubbly and outgoing and comfortable with strangers and that's not who he is 
And that is painful. That's a painful place to land. And so pain is easier dealt with when it's passed around. It's also important for us to be really honest about our own experience in the situation. So when you do see your son being unkind to your to his sister, what happens internally for you? What is the experience? What are your habitual impulses and reactions? How do you respond? Okay, start taking a look at that. And for a kid, you know, when we think about your son who really just wants to be pulled in and to feel connected, right? Even though his behavior, what I'm guessing, because all I can do is guess, I'm guessing that his behavior has you tending to want to push him away, right? We don't treat each other like that. Go have a little time alone. When really what this child needs is an arm pulling him in. I love you no matter what. And it is hard to be a brother. And it isn't okay to throw blocks at your sister. I love you no matter what. Right? So sometimes the way we're responding, loving parents such as yourself, sometimes our response actually feeds the belief that our children, the misbelief that is feeding our children's misbehavior. Does that make sense? So taking a good look at your response, your impulses, your internal feelings and thoughts about your son when he is in this mischief. Okay, and just be really honest with yourself. How are you feeling or thinking about your son? My guess is that you come, it's probably, you probably go to a place of fear, right? Because defiance and sibling conflict is very easy for us to blow into, you know, thoughts around it's always going to be like this, it's only going to get worse, all the way down the line, da 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 to they're going to be a sociopath. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure that your eight-year-old is not going to grow into being a sociopath. So let that go and just notice. The next piece, just like I said to April, is get really curious. Take a walk with your son. Take a drive. Play together. And when things feel really neutral, have a conversation. You know, this is what I notice. And I'm wondering if, if, if this is the experience that you're having. So I noticed that you have a hard time getting along with your sister and some of the things that she does really bother you and you get pretty angry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And open the conversation up for him to really dump how it feels to be him. How it feels to be him. We're not going to rationalize things for him. We're not going to talk him out of any of his emotions. We're just going to listen. Okay, I think as parents, sometimes when our kids share things that are uncomfortable for us to hear, we want to fix it, right? We want to change the way they're feeling. But really, it is very valuable and powerful just to be present to and hold space for him to say things like, I just don't like my sister. Or I just get so mad. I wish I didn't have a sister, right? And there's going to be things that trigger you and pull you in and just notice and stay neutral. Right? And then from that place, you get to say, yeah, yeah, I'm noticing those things too. And I'm wondering what would help. So that's, from, that's where you get to move towards looking for solutions, looking for missing skills, right? Because the sister isn't going anywhere. She's not going to get any less bubbly or attractive to other people, right? That's just who she is. So what we want for your son is for him to start to develop tools for navigating 
the fact that he has a really outgoing sister, right? To celebrate that one day, right? <laughs> and um, and that's going to take time and training and lots of conversation. So really, we're lifting this problem out of just what you're experiencing together into something you can then look at. Does that make sense? We spend a lot of our time in the experience. And um, when we can step outside of it, more becomes clear. And the sting, you know, you can kind of uh, release some of the of the really heavy emotion when you can look at an experience versus from the experience. So I'm looking in my positive discipline book right now, and I'm looking at the belief behind behavior for kids who are showing up as uh, destructive or hurtful, which is kind of what I'm defiant, what I'm hearing in your share. So children cover up their hurt feelings because hurt feelings make them feel powerless by typically seeking revenge, right? Which gives them a sense of control. So some of the things that you can do straight off the bat, yes, work on that special time, absolutely. That's gonna be really key and important for your son and for you to grow relationship and to help him get a more solid feeling around him belonging in the family and being significant. And in the moment, in the moment, make some guesses about why your son is hurting, right? And validate, yeah, I bet it's really hard to have a sister that everybody wants to talk to and play with. I bet that's really tough for you. I'm wondering about that. Opening the space up for him to talk. Reflective listening becomes really important with these kids because he's going to share things with you. And again, avoiding the impulse to fix um, or rationalize what he's saying and instead reflecting back what you're hearing. Um, And finally, when you... You know, because when our kids are not good to each other, it triggers us, right? I know that when my kids are hurtful to each other, I mean, it's like a huge surge of energy that goes through my body and I'm up there with my pointed finger and I'm looking for somebody to blame. And it's not helpful. And sometimes I'm actually adding more hurt to the situation. So if that, when that comes up, making sure that you make amends with your son as well. So if there's been some hurtfulness on your side, being sure to say, hey, the way that I spoke to you was not okay and I'm sorry. And the next time I feel like that, you're going to notice me step away. You're going to notice me take deep breaths. You're going to notice me you know, doing something so that I can be a more calm and connected mom with you and be more helpful. So that becomes really important because, again, he's feeling like, I don't fit. I don't belong. And so we want to increase that sense of belonging and significance for him. What do you think? What do you think about that? I'm so excited to hear about both you and April's experience. And, you know, this. neither of these questions are something that, you know, one conversation or one experience is going to fix. What will happen, April, for your daughter and Sarah for your son, is that over time, through your developing and strengthening relationship with these kids, they are going to come to a place where they are feeling a solid connection to you. 
They're feeling a solid connection to you. They're feeling comfortable with how they fit in the family. And so they won't need to lean into the mischief so much. They will be content to letting their siblings get the attention and connection that they rightly deserve. They will know that their special time with mom is coming. And and they'll have the tools to navigate it when they do start to feel that feeling of, what about me and how do I fit? They're going to be developing tools over time to navigate that. So these are ongoing conversations, ongoing check-ins with our kids to say, hey, how's that going? Remember, that was a problem for you. Or maybe it's, gosh, you know what I'm noticing? I'm noticing that it's becoming easier and easier for you to uh, sit back when your dad and I are talking to your sisters for April. Or I'm noticing it's getting easier and easier for you to be with your sister even when she's getting more attention. So yes, I'm so excited. Please let me know how these suggestions have helped you. And listeners, let me know how these suggestions are helping you because you know many of us have more than one child and these dynamics around belonging and knowing that we matter, it happens in most families. So I'm hoping that everyone is taking something out of this episode that they can move forward with and play with with their own kids. So yay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, If you enjoyed the podcast, please let me know. Please, please, please share it with your peeps, anyone that you think might be interested in listening in. If you're feeling really ambitious, it would be fabulous for you to head on over to iTunes and leave me a review in five stars. Woohoo! I am going to be doing these Ask Casey episodes a couple times a month. So what I need from you, from the community, is for you to actually write in with some questions, all right? I do have one little twist, however. This first episode of Ask Casey will be posted on my website and you can access it there. However, moving forward, I am only going to put the Ask Casey episodes on on iTunes. So you're going to need to subscribe to iTunes if you want to continue to receive those episodes and to listen in on my feedback around listener questions. Now in the show notes, you're going to see a link that will take you to a video that will show you how to subscribe to the podcast. And when you subscribe, they all just come automatically to you. So it's really, it's a good deal. And you can get them right on your phone or your tablet or whatever you use. And yeah, it's just way more efficient than waiting for the link and then looking on the website this way when you subscribe you've got all the episodes of all the shows that I've done and it will automatically upload um, new episodes including the Ask Casey episodes so check out the link in the show notes and thank you so much for supporting me and supporting this work and being on the journey big huge love to each and every one of you hope you have a beautiful weekend and I will see you next week with a brand new episode Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 